Happy Mother's Day indeed to uh, all of our mums, uh, both physical, spiritual, um, adopted. Uh, I think mums take all kinds of uh, roles in our lives. And uh, I want to say Happy Mother's Day this morning. And well done, Micaiah. Is he, is he still here? Is he? Fantastic. Better watch out. Chris Windus will be uh, chatting to you afterwards about uh, production team, helping our church be awesome. Uh, I, I, I so believe in the next generation. I, I tell you, come on. The church is in, in good hands. Five people agree that the next generation is awesome. That's, that's all good. My, my incredible wife, uh, well, my mum's my here this morning. I better say happy Mother's Day, mum. She's, she's out in the, uh, the foyer out there with uh, my stepdad. And uh, happy Mother's Day. But my amazing wife uh, would have loved to have been here this morning. She is not feeling well at all. Um, she has had an incredibly rough night um, to and from the bathroom, enough said. Um, but she sends her uh, best wishes, wishes she could be here and would love to be doing this section this morning. However, you get me, uh, which is not as nice to look at. I understand that. But hopefully I can translate uh, the heart of Mother's Day as well as my beautiful wife would have. Uh, I did think I did think we're going to do an incredible panel and uh, I'm going to learn all sorts about motherhood. Um, so bear with me as I try to do that. But in previous years as a part of Mother's Day, what we've done is we've taken an opportunity to honour uh, some incredible mums within our, our congregation. And while our church is genuinely full of incredible, incredible women um, and uh, both spiritual, physical mums, to the point where it, gets, it, it does get difficult at times to kind of pick one or two out to honour, this year we really felt like uh, we, we wanted to shift things a little bit and, and take the, the idea of honouring in a slightly different direction. Um, and so what we want to do is we actually would like to uh, make a donation on behalf of the church to a, a, a local, um, uh, what's, what's the language Rachel's written here, a local organisation that works day in and day out to help those who are most vulnerable amongst us. You see, we've begun to form a relationship with an organisation called Jenny's Place. And uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if we have uh, any images that go with this. Um, that's a no. Okay, that's all right. I'll, I'll explain to you a little bit about what Jenny's Place does. Um, through, our, through our yard maintenance, C3 yard maintenance, uh, what we have been able to do is connect with this uh, organization called Jenny's Place. And we're praying that this relationship will continue to grow as we seek to demonstrate the love of God uh, to our community and our city. Isaiah 117 says this. It says, learn to do what is right, promote justice, and give the oppressed reason to celebrate. Take up the cause of the orphan and defend the rights of the widow. And that is what we can do as we partner with organisations like Jenny's Place. Unfortunately, the statistics around domestic violence and homelessness among women are staggering. And this is not somewhere else far away. This is here in our city. In our suburbs, there are women and children who are having to flee their homes, leaving everything behind to escape violent environments that they're living in. And where do they go if they don't have support? Which many of them don't. Uh, they end up most of the time sleeping rough, often with their children, and this isn't okay. And as a parent, I cannot imagine having to do that with my children. Jenny's Place is a not-for-profit community-based service established in Newcastle in 1977. They provide direct relief and support to women and children who are experiencing domestic violence and or homelessness or are at risk of homelessness. 
And we have a great relationship with Nova, and, and they actually do very similar work in our city to Jenny's place. And we'll often refer uh, women to, to each other uh, to, to try to manage the, the scope of, of the uh, situation that is currently very real in our, in our society. And uh, we, <coughs> excuse me, we have a, uh, what was, uh, the, the team, sorry, here we go. The team that's there is committed to keeping women and children in our community safe, housed, and free from violence. They seek to empower women through honesty, transparency, equality, compassion, and decency. And they aim to help their clients break the cycle of violence and live secure lives. Having had some conversations with them, not, not me, but uh, Rach, having had some conversations with them and working with, with Pastor Karen, we found out that $100 would provide essential items to women and children in crisis, including food, nappies, toiletries, pajamas, those sorts of things. $500 would provide a toddler with preschooling or an older child with a computer to help them towards a better future. $1,000 would help to provide medium-term supported transitional housing for women and their children for a period of 3 to 12 months. With support from counsellors, women have the space to make real changes in their lives and to regain their safety and independence. So today... My wife and me on her behalf would like to say that we are incredibly proud that as a church we're able to give $1,500 to Jenny's place. Yeah, it's awesome. Which we really hope is going to be able to go towards some of those key pieces of work that they do uh, in the lives of women and children. Um, And we as a church, with an an amazing heart to go beyond our own four walls to see the kingdom of God extended. Hope that this is not the only time we're able to support organizations like this. So although we may not be honoring a single person this morning, we are honoring the work that this incredible organization does in the lives of women. So I know that uh, sometime in the near future, uh, Rachel's going to be able to go to Jenny's place and, and be able to present that with them. And hopefully we'll be able to get a photo and be able to come back and show you guys Uh, that on your behalf we were able to do that and and make a difference in our community. Let's not forget our vision says that that we're about our city and beyond. Um, You know, what we do here should spread out. So anyway, that was was super important to to try to read and um, try to translate my wife's heart on that um, because she's not been able to be here. But now I'd like to invite up uh, a few uh, incredible women in our church um, to have a little chat about uh, motherhood. And I I know I'm going to learn a lot this morning. It's going to be fun. Uh, But can we have uh, Pastor Karen come out? We're going to give Pastor Karen a round of applause and welcome this morning. And uh, we have Holly McCabe come on out. And Abby Stevenson come on. I feel like I'm on the prices right now. Come on down. Awesome, and uh, look, we have cups of tea. I'm going to have a cup of tea this morning. This is, that looks great. It almost looks like coffee, except it's not. Uh, am I? I didn't know I was on a detox. Staff, staff enforced detox. There you go. And um, so there's some exciting news, actually, on the panel that I, I'm just going to, you know, get to, get to talk a little bit about, which is going to be exciting. Um, somebody got engaged, and, and it wasn't, it obviously wasn't Carol, it wasn't Carol, it wasn't Abby, engaged, Jack, come on out, come on, come on, 
these two. So cool. I believe it was like, uh, it was some sort of puzzle, treasure hunt, is that correct? Yes, Jack doesn't have a mic, so he can't speak about it, but um, he can nod. It's, it's going to be practice for when they, when they get married. It's learning just to nod. Um, Abby, the ring, Let's, can we get a close-up on the camera right there? Not that you need to, right? Like, I need sunglasses for the reflection off of those diamonds. Well played, man. Very well played. Excellent. So um, that's some exciting news. Wedding season. Thanks, Jack. Sorry, man. <laughs> so how was it, Abby? Was it good? Did you do a good job? It was good. It felt like a little bit of a test because there was some really hard clues in there. Like, you know, we both like history, so we had a World War II crossword that I had to answer. I felt like if I didn't pass, maybe he wouldn't ask questions. <laughs> Oh dear, little does he know that, you know, the, the rest of the marriage now is his test. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, you pass, it was like a day, it was like a crossword, he has the rest of his life. Um, but that's awesome, congratulations. And uh, we just, can we pray for you guys? Would you, church, just extend your hands. Jack, why don't you come back out for a sec, man. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we, we want to thank you so much for marriage, um, the, the, the joining together of man and woman. And uh, Lord, we want to lift up Jack and Abby to you right now as they uh, embark on the planning of their wedding day, uh, but beyond that, as they begin to prepare to do life together as one Father. Uh, Lord, I thank you for purpose on their lives. I thank you for your presence and your, your hand of favor and blessing on their lives. And uh, Lord, I thank you that what you join together uh, that no man is going to separate. And uh, so, God, I thank you for them, and we pray that you would lead them forward. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fantastic. Awesome. They're in, they're, in, uh, they're in our B group, so it's uh, super cool to chat about that. All. Is it this not Wednesday, is yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's this Wednesday. Is it this Wednesday? Yeah. Where's Mel? Where's Pastor Mel? The V group week this week? Awesome. V group week this week. If you're not in a V group, I don't know why not, but uh, get in a V group. They are, they're a world of fun. Speaking of fun, though, speaking of fun, we are going to start with a game of truth or dare. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, it's like I'm heading back to, back to like school excursion bus trips right now. So, so we're going to start with Pastor Karen. And um, I, love, I love that our panel here is, is what Pastor Beck was talking about earlier, where she was talking about the blessing of being in a multi-generational church, yeah. right? Um, where... You know, it's, it's, not, it's not that church is for one demographic. Yeah. It's that every demographic has purpose in the church. And a great church enables that transition, right? So we go from being newly married, right, to having young kids and asking those ahead of us, what was it like to have young kids? But now they're in like older kids stage and teenagers and freaking out. And, and, uh, and they're looking at people that have made it and grandparents. And I think sometimes we can think that we age out of church and it's not the truth. It's not the truth. Every demographic has a, has a purpose, and sometimes what, what we do is we struggle with the transition because we don't realize our purpose has changed because the season has changed, but we never age out of church. And I, I want to say to everyone, actually, I've felt this strongly for a couple of weeks now, everyone who, here who is over the age of 60, I've, I so strongly believe in the purpose that you have in this house to speak wisdom and to be there for the generation that is coming who have no idea how to do the season they're stepping into. 
So, so I love that our panel represents that. And uh, so, Karen, truth or dare? Truth it, or dare? This is, this is really scary, actually. <laughs> I don't like things that don't uh, haven't warned ahead of time. Okay. So, um, um, I'll go with truth. <laughs> All right, no. truth is good, truth is good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dares freak me out a little bit because Rachel planned to do them and I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm super comfortable with doing some of these. So I'm, if one of them chooses dare, I'm going to be picking a volunteer who's female to come up and help me out. I'm just going to let you know that. So truth, this is, this is your truth question, Karen, from my wife. What is something you swore you would never do once you became a mother or a grandmother and then you found yourself doing it anyway? Oh, uh, well, there's lots of things, I think. <laughs> because uh, you're always uh, thinking as a, a young person that your mum hasn't got it sorted out. And then when you get to the age of being a mum, you go, oh, she was right. And you hear the words coming out of your mouth. Uh, yes. You have, don't, uh, you must do what I say. Or, you know, don't, um, don't do what I... Um, or say, don't do what I do. Or all those sorts of things. Or you'll, you'll be happy you'll, you'll love me more later on. Or, you know, um, I know better than you. And, uh, you know, they're all those things that are phrases. This hurts me more than you. Yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yep, the truth is that I say a lot of the things that my mother said um, ahead said of me. you never would. And I said I never oh, would. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like it occurs according to osmosis. We try to plan not to take it on, but it just becomes a part of us. I hear, my, I, oh, I hear myself saying, uh, if, you don't, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh, absolutely. That's, my that's mom said a good that one. all the could, time. Yep. She'll be out there nodding right now. She'll be like, yep. that's right. Yep. Yep. Now, if you give me time ahead of time to think to the answer to that question, I would have said that phrase. <laughs> there we go. It's true, though. It's very true. All right. Holly, truth or dare? I'll go truth. <laughs> I don't do dare. All right, truth for Holly. You, you might regret this, but that's all right. What is your most embarrassing parent moment to date? Yeah, should have gone dare. So many. Um, I can't think of... There's been so many. I think the regular one that's not... I think we've all been there, but it's, like, embarrassing is when you're out, you've got three kids, like six and under so you should know and have certain things planned by then but it's when you get to the park and your baby does a poo and you have no wipes or nappies and you're like I have three children surely by now I've learned to take wipes and nappies and it's probably even worse when Emil's there because he's like where's the wipes and nappies isn't and I'm that, like, isn't that where you turn question. to him and go you had Didn't that. you pack the nappy bag? Didn't you pack no. that? I thought you would have thought to have packed a spare by now. But, oh, look, there's so many. Many tantrums in the shops and you're like, I have three kids. Shouldn't by the third I be in control of tantrums by now? But no, that's just it's so true. one of many. It's so true. I feel, like, I feel like kids create their own embarrassing moments for you as a parent. Like you try your hardest to not have them and yet you have no control sometimes over what they do and they just create it. It's like, thank you so much for that. You don't care, but I want to die in a hole right now. Um, and it's usually on a day when you're thinking, I've, oh, this is a good day. I'm having such a good day. This is a mum win for me. And then mum that win. moment hits. Mum win. 
What is a mum win, Holly? What is a mum win? Define that. I don't know what that is. When everything goes to plan. Not this morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, like today, you're thinking, today will be good. I'll, I'm on the panel. Like, I'll have a great morning. I'll, like, walk in and be a breeze and nothing goes to plan. Everyone's fighting in the morning. No one's fed on time. Everyone's like, where's the shoes? <laughs> like... And that's not a mum win this I'm gonna, morning. I'm going to throw a, a, an unscripted question at you. Um, how do you, how do you manage healthy, like a healthy perception of a mum win? Because perfection yeah. is not healthy, yeah. and Instagram is not healthy. Um, so how do you manage it so that you don't feel like you are failing as a mum all the time? I think. But what I've learned is the little things don't really matter. So, like, while the nappy and wipes at the park is a moment where you're like, I'm so embarrassed. Excuse me, stranger. Do you have a nappy I can borrow? That's not a big... In the scheme of life, that's not really a big deal. So, I think when you keep the main things, like the big things are all good, then that's okay. The little things, like going out, not having shoes on is, to me, not a big deal. (laughs) some it's like no go but yeah that that, that, that definitely was evident in the instagrams of your trip (laughs) did you guys pack shoes no no kids (laughs) a couple (laughs) yeah no um yeah i think keeping the big like the priorities that's great if the little things aren't all in line that's okay as long as the big things you know yeah very good we'll we'll come back around to what you think is a big thing And you can talk about that a little bit later. Abby, truth or dare? If Pastor Rach wrote this, um, I'm scared to know what the dare is. Um, So I'm going to go truth. (laughs) 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 Sorry, guys. You have a reputation, babe. Just talking one-on-one to my wife in a room full of people. That's not awkward. (laughs) Truth, here we go. Oh, no, that's the dare. All right. Abby, what was the naughtiest thing that you did to your mum as a kid? This might be like a, this could be a confession time. There's things I did my mum still doesn't know. Like I haven't, I haven't owned up. Sorry, mum, I'm taking them to the grave. But She looks like she has one in mind. Um, are you thinking of oh, no. Just, 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 just work it out. Are you thinking of this? And if she says no, it's like, oh. So I'm going to oh, say my nothing. one. That was nothing. And I'll see what mum thought later on. Um, when I was like, I don't know, would I have been like four? You don't know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, this is great. So you have another one? This is awesome. <laughs> um, I was pretty young and I don't really remember this, but it definitely happened. Um, I had a snotty nose um, and that I is, just... That is I just, incredibly naughty, by the way. <laughs> How dare me? Um, Unbelievable behaviour. I didn't have any tissues. <laughs> They're already clearing on. Um, I just reached over and grabbed Mum's sleeve. We were, we were on the way somewhere and I just, like, <laughs> into her sleeve. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mum. <laughs> I don't know if that's the naughtiest thing, but it's that's one that came to mind. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> yucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Mm. 
All right. Mo- moving on to some um, some wisdom questions. Uh, we can have a little chat around some of these. But Pastor Karen, do you think do you think it's easier or harder to raise children now than when you were raising your own? And, wh- and why do you think? Right. I think the easy answer. Yes, it is a good question. The easy answer to that is it's definitely harder now. But when I reflected on it, I thought to myself, no, I don't think it's harder now because my grandparents parented through the war. Um, my, my parents' parents parented through depression and things like that. And there's always different challenges. So my answer to that is really it's the same. Um, there's a scripture that says in Psalm 78 verse 7, so each generation should set their hope anew on God. And, you know, I think that that's kind of what we all have to do, um, no matter what the circumstances, and there'll always be curveballs that come in. Um, so I think aligning your life, making choices in line with uh, the Bible and the truth of the Bible is um, for every generation. So I think it's the same. Yeah. So, again... I'm, I'm going off script. Go for it. I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm, I'm cautious to ask this question because I know that I know that helping children find a relationship with Jesus that is authentic is not a set of tick boxes. And what we don't want to do in, in discussing this is project that there's some religious process. But what what were some non-negotiables that you had in place that you feel helped? Your, your, your kids to set their heart anew on Christ, to, to, right. to transfer that authentic mm. relationship with Jesus. Because we've all got to find it. Like there's that setting of new in Absolutely, all of us. Yeah. But what were non-negotiables for you in trying to help that happen? Yeah, um, I think you're exactly right. It was a journey for all of them. Um, and you do, as parents, you do everything to train them up in the way of the Lord. And um, you have non-negotiables like the way they behave, um, coming to church, um, being involved in church and things like that. But for all of our children, there came a time where they had to own their own salvation and make that decision themselves and choose to continue to work in, in it. So I think as parents, you kind of bring everything to the altar. You've made those choices to be aligned with uh, what you believe are the boundaries that are healthy and good. Um, and for us, that was um, loving God, serving God, being in the house of God. And, uh, and then you're really believing and praying for them to be convicted by the Holy Spirit and then make that choice themselves. Yeah. Yeah, well, did any, did any of your kids have a season where they were at an age where they were wrestling? I know, I know your parents are teenagers. And I know that in that age, it, often it is the wrestle age. And they start to be like, I don't, I don't want to go to church anymore. Mm. And it is incredibly difficult to know when to push and when to give space for kids to do their own journey. Did you walk that? And, and yeah. how did you do that? Um, uh, to tell the truth, we didn't do that journey. Um, we were very blessed uh, with a vibrant church, good kids ministry, good youth ministry. So like the, the choice, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Just like here. And uh, um, so we didn't actually struggle with that. But uh, there was the moments, and 
sorry, son, you're in the room, uh, that, uh, you know, you, people would say, your children wouldn't do that. And, oh, oh, yes, they would, you know. I hate you, mum, and I'm not going to do what you say. And, you know, and the fighting where they won't stop and then I'm reduced to tears. So we did the journey of that, and I think that was very real in, in that space. And so how did I manage that? Well, I think I just cried a lot, actually. <laughs> My kids say I was always crying, but I don't think that was true. <laughs> um, I think that as a parent that you run out of yourself. What I mean is you run out of coping skills. You run out of being able to manage it. And so then That's you right. cry out to God. You say, wow, God, I can't do this anymore. Holy Spirit, you know, you've got to step into that gap. And, you know, God is the most gracious, loving Father, and he does. And uh, And I think running out of your own capacity and praying for your kids and you know, believing truth and believing promises, that's the best thing in the world that uh, fills in that yeah, gap. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's great. Yeah. Very good. Can I just say, Absolutely. I still have um, I still have three prayer books. One is praying for your husband, one is praying for your adult children, one is praying for your grandchildren. And I've taken on the, the mantle of kneeling down at my bedside and praying yeah, yeah. for them. So I'm still praying. I think you still need to be sewing in yeah. in that way. I would say there is incredible power in mother's prayers, um, big time. I know my mother, sorry, I'm coming off again. I know my mother. It's new for me, was, normally I do it, so go for it. Oh, no, no. I know that my mother was part of a prayer group that went each Saturday morning and specifically to pray for their children and the growth of their children in the church. So, you know, that's a heritage, that's a legacy that we can leave, um, yeah, time on our knees. That's right. Uh, just pick up on two things that you said there. Number one, um, what I heard out of that is strengthen yourself. In, in, in that journey of the tension, strengthen yourself. Um, and secondly, remember that you don't, you don't have enough and go to God. Um, Absolutely. It's good. You have what you need, though. Yeah. You always have what you need. You just don't have enough of it. Um, Holly. What do you believe is the greatest gift you can give your children? I found this question very hard because obviously there are so many things you could say in parenting or motherhood that so many things you could give, love, blah, blah, you know, prayer, um, uh, example of whatever. Um, I really feel though like, especially in this day and age, time is a gift to give to your children that is so it's not necessarily hard to come by but I feel like this day and age is go 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 like this yep. world is so fast paced um sometimes it's hard to find the time but also sometimes you just don't want to give time <laughs> or is that just me <laughs> watch no, tv think, for like the, the next two yeah. hours and that <laughs> um but I just think like you can be an example in so many ways but unless you and by time, I mean genuine relationship, like yeah. sit down and give your children like an unlimited time with you one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and then I feel like in that way, they're going to respond to your example. Like they see what you do, and but they first receive that love and that time and that investment into your relationship. And I yeah. feel like it's so easy to get caught up, I think, especially motherhood and parenting, in the practicalities of the job, like the feeding, the 
getting ready for things and the cleaning of the house and all that is so practical, but we forget the, like, sometimes you can get to the end of the day and be like, oh, I ticked all the must-do boxes, but did I actually invest in relationship? Mm. And I can say there's been days where I'm like, oh, I didn't even <laughs> touch that today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just did what had to be done, yeah. got through the day, the kids are in bed, and you're like, oh, dear. <laughs> but I think that from what I've discovered, my girls are so much more responsive to me in all the ways if I've given them that time first and that yeah. relationship first. Do you have any, um, obviously you say, you know, some, some days... You don't, you don't get that. But have you discovered some practical ways that work for you to carve out that intentional time? Like, you know, is there something that people can sort of take away this morning and go, yeah. I'm going to try that, works for Holly. Might not work for them, but at least it's something they can try. Yeah. I found, like, something I try to do, not always, but sometimes I do try, is turn the TV off five minutes earlier, like start their bedtime routine. So this is how we do it, bath, bed, they get to watch Bluey and a bit of other things, and then bed. So I find, for me, I like to do the prayer, read a book before bed. And I find, and I was the same as a child, I remember, um, Honor, especially my almost six-year-old, that's when she wants to, of course, have like the deep conversation. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like, I'm at the end of my tether now, <laughs> it's the end of the day. But I feel like if I just go, okay, we're going to not watch all the TV shows, we're going to watch one, and then we're going to start bed early so I get time to read the book, and then I'm like, just start talking, and she's like, Mum, how come some people don't believe in God? Mm. Yeah, no. And, it, like, that's where the questions come out, because I remember the same. I'd lay in bed, I'd be like, Mum, Dad, how come? Like, that's when, I don't know, they think, or oh, that was me, and... It's my daughter, definitely. That's when she wants to really talk. And so I just find, for me, if I can make sure I prioritise that time and that space, yeah. that's when, like, we've had our, like, most, in, not intense, but deep, real, like, understanding, like, get to know each other better, relationship-building conversations. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. I know, I know for me, I have to uh, intentionally adjust expectations when it comes to the bedtime routine, yeah. um, because, and, and I'm not a mum, I know, uh, <laughs> but I know for me, I view the end of the bedtime routine as my time, yeah. and so often I'm frustrated if the bedtime routine goes longer, because yeah. now it's eating into my time, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I found that if I begin it with a, an intentional resetting of expectation that actually the priority is on using this time. I find I don't get as frustrated. Yeah. Abby. Yes. How has being raised in church affected you and your relationships today? Very much. Um, so growing up in the church has, first of all, given me some great examples of how families are best, kind of like how they work out the best. Um, you know, getting married soon, um, yeah, which is very on. exciting. Um, I've got like a hundred examples of um, some amazing marriages and how um, how to put God in the centre of that. Um, and it's also just um, kind of always put community um, and friendship and family in the centre of everything. It's like a foundation. Um, and I just think that's kind of the best way 
to go about life is, um, yeah, we're all really imperfect people, but we are better when we do it together. Um, And, yeah, that's a really important thing to kind of centre my life around. Very good. I like that. So not not to... um, diminish the role that obviously dad also played uh but how has mum in particular because i do i do think i mean i look at my upbringing i do think that mums have a unique influence on their kids particularly when it comes to um i think about my relationship with jesus things like that but how has your mum helped shape your relationship with jesus um well it was pretty hands-off i feel like like especially as a kid i was fairly independent you know i can do this by myself um, and so I think she knew to kind of like not force it too much to kind of let it, um, let me figure it out. Um, and I think, you know, I gave my life to God when I was like in, um, in kids church, no one was around. I just kind of made the decision myself. And I think that was probably, um, kind of planned by them is to kind of not force it. Let me figure it out. Um, also just involving us kids in, big decisions so we grew up in missions and so we were always um, believing for this and that to happen um, and a yeah a key example um, of that was when we were like believing for a new car um, we yeah we really needed a new car to fit all of us and so um, yeah she sat us down and was kind of got us involved in praying for it um, some things we were believing for so I would always have to sit in the very back as a kid um, so I was praying for cup holders in the very back because <laughs> hey, obviously on. an area of need. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Since that was something, that was a good learning thing for me as well because I prayed for it and then we got a car with cup holders in the back. So <laughs> amazing. Jesus. Praise report. Space for the Maccas. Exactly cup. right, yeah. That's good. So like, I, I want to kind of unpack that a little bit because... What what I have, I, I think I'm, I, I guess, across the board, but definitely with your answer there, Abby, is that y- your parents didn't so much force a relationship with Jesus on you, but they modelled what an authentic relationship with Jesus was. And so yeah. Jesus was translated that he was real yeah. and then ultimately trusted that in that atmosphere, that context, that life, you would find him. Is that an apt kind of explanation of what you, like your upbringing was like? Yeah, totally. I would wake up in the morning and see them both kind of um, Bibles open. They'd be scribbling all over it, which I had a problem with as a kid. You're not supposed to draw in books, but um, (laughs) that was more of a dad's story. But um, yeah, no, I would see them doing that and I would see them kind of um, any big decisions that they would be making, they would kind of, um, yeah, really pray about it, um, involve us in it, ask us to pray about it as well. Um, and I just think, yeah, modelling that was the best way to go about it, not, you know, forcing us, okay, it's Bible time, you have to you have to read, you know, Acts 6, you know. Um, a bit random. Um, but, yeah, no, I feel like that's the best way to go about it, is kind of just leading by example and letting, letting us kids figure it out. So coming back to you, Pastor Karen, how um, how do you how do you do that trust journey? Other than other than the like, oh, with Jesus, um, like like I know we have people right now that are like, you know, they're they're in the middle of kind of trying to trust Jesus that their kids are going to find him. How did you get through that? 
And um, what did it look like for yeah, you to really yeah. kind of hand your kids over? Because, I mean, they come from him. Mm. Like, they're a blessing from the Lord initially. And so in mm. some way it's like, well, God, trusting you with them. Yeah, I think you do. I think you trust with your heart and your mouth, really. <clears throat> and yeah, right. um, <clears throat> doing that journey is tricky. Um, one of the things that I hold on to is that um, a message that I think oh, Carly O'Rourke brought ages ago is that it is well with my soul. So, you know, when you're believing and trusting it, but at the same time you can't see evidence of it, um, then you lean into God and say, well, God, this is the situation I'm in now. I have to trust you that it's going to work out and and then claim the truth that it's well with my soul knowing that God's got everything under control. So, yeah, and, and that journey of, of the journey of your kids' faith doesn't change whether you're they're little kids or whether they're grown-up kids, you still have plenty of times where your heart's in your mouth, you're praying, you're fasting, yeah, yeah. you're believing that, you know, God's going to bring you through and you have to tell yourself it's well with my soul, even though it's hard. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Holly, just sort of kind of change tack a little bit here. What are your thoughts on discipline in the Bible? Just a really unco- you got like, the easy questions. You know, so that's just a super lighthearted, you know, easy Mother's Day panel question. No controversy in there at all. Obviously, we're going on YouTube, so. Um, I've got a good answer for this. <laughs> no. um, well, I, the more I thought about this, I was like talking to Pastor Rachel. I was like, are you asking me about snacking? <laughs> no, this is the best thing. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I think, and you know, I did Google, what does God say about discipline? <laughs> and, <That's the> best. <laughs> but, I, but I also like, I remember that verse and I don't know where it, I think it's in a few places, um, that God disciplines those he loves. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't think it's as much as how you discipline while I think you can get that as you read the Bible, but I also just think it's more that you do discipline. Um, because like Pastor Karen said, or you said too, Pastor Nate, it's not like they're not ours. While they have been entrusted to us, yeah, we yeah. are just stewards of people that are God's first. And so um, if we love them, we will discipline them. But I think as well, it's like, um, the same with anyone, like in that verse in Proverbs, it says, wounds from a, from a friend can be trusted. I think it's the same with parenting. Like, as they grow older, well, of course, no one appreciates it as a teenager or child. But once you get older, of course, we all realise, oh, I'm so glad my mum yeah. and dad disciplined me. I'm so glad they pulled me into line on that one. And I think as you get older, too, you can appreciate and trust that, yeah, my parents did the right thing by me and I'm grateful for that. So I think it's easy. I tend to also be a bit more on the, like, lenient side of discipline. Like, I'll love them into (laughs) repentance. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. I'll get a meal on the panel for Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. He makes up for my lack. Um, But I think I I remember myself, like, no... I'm supposed to steward them. Mm. Um, they are God's first. And so if I'm going to do the right thing by them and steward that gift well, um, yeah, you have to discipline. Yeah, take that That's all. great. That's a very wise response, actually. We navigated <laughs> that question very, very well. 
Um, so what's been one of the most helpful pieces of advice given to you regarding marketing? Um, many. I, I hold on to things all the time. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. I'm holding on to that. I think a good one from, and probably in regards to discipline too, was from Linda Huxley one day said, I think it was to me and mum, um, you want to guide their spirit, not break it. Yeah. And that has really kind of taken a lot of pressure off, I think, for me because, um, you know, I have gone through phases of kids, like they're so different and how do you deal with their differences? Like I honestly find it so hard sometimes. They're all so different. But um, I think just that reminder of you're not breaking them into submission, um, which I have gone through phases of trying that. (laughs) Um, And then coming back and being like, maybe that's not the right way. Um, but yeah, about like, you just want to guide, guide them prayerfully, obviously be a good steward of that. And I think the other big one I always cling to is like a quote I heard somewhere, you, um, your biggest accomplishment might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And I think for like parents, like mothers as well, you know, that is such a good representation of the gift that it is to raise children and the privilege and the responsibility and that it's also something to be very um, reminded of that, yeah, our role spiritually and long-term is so important and it's easy to get caught up in the physical, practical things as a mum, but the spiritual side of it is so obviously so important yeah yeah that's great some very good advice for mums um karen what what is your i love what like the words my wife is using what is your secret sauce (laughs) or top tips on having a healthy marriage and staying married now for over 40 years Ah, yes, I mentioned this to my husband, and he said the answer was because he's got a, because I've got a sexy husband. Ah, yes. <laughs> got to take the opportunity, man. Well played. But, you know, um, I think there's some truth in the, I picked a good one. Um, so uh, my parents uh, always encouraged us to be mindful of the, the people that we dated, um, yep. that they loved God yep. and that they were part of the church community and and my parents encouraged us to be involved in church activities with lots of young people and doing things like that, you know, that were part of the church. So I think there's a sense in which you um, you do want to be mindful of that in that choice in life. And, Absolutely. Um, yes. So your second thing is that really... Um, major on the things that you both like together so um we have a lot of things that we both like um but there's plenty of things that we both don't both enjoy you know i love going to the beach actually actually al doesn't really like going to the beach at all but he loves you know uh, water sports and we love camping and things like that so i think the second thing is to major on the things that you both like and uh, that sort of brings strength into your marriage and things like that. So. Here's, here's a little side question. How did you not lose each other whilst raising kids? Um, I, uh, 
it's tricky. It, it is tricky um, because you get so busy in the doing of things. And uh, I think uh, one of the strengths of it was that we would always try to be in unity in our decision-making process. And that took effort. It took a lot of effort. So you had to be on the same page. Your kids always are trying to, Mum, you know, we listen. And if it doesn't work, Mum, go and talk to Dad, you know. And then before you know it, you're on a different page. So um, making time for each other, I don't know that we were super good at that, but we, we always made time for family. And so, yeah, you know, that meant that we uh, stayed connected in that space. So, yeah. Awesome. Look at you two smile at each other still. Love it. <laughs> so good. Last, last question. Last question. And uh, Abby, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this. What do you think is one of the best ways that you can honour your mum? That's a really tricky one. Um, and I had to think about it for a long time. And I also Googled it. Didn't get an answer. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, Google does not know everything. Someone I know, can tell I had to figure it out myself. Awesome. Um, but it's hard because there's, like, not one, like, short-term way to honour them. Like, you know, here's some flowers. You are honoured. Have some honour flowers. Um, it's not really, like, it doesn't work that way. Um, but I think it's more of a consistent, um, like, a faithfulness to um, how she kind of brought me up. Are you crying? Yeah. Okay, good, because I haven't said anything yet. Sorry. Uh, we, have, we have tissues <laughs> in the front row if required. Oh, gosh. No. Um, yeah, she, she brought me up, um, yeah, in, in certain ways, in ways that reflected um, really godly values like um, harmony and hospitality and things like that. Um, and I think that's, that's the main way to kind of honour parents as an adult. Um, yep. You know, as a kid, you kind of just say, do what they say. Um, but, yeah, there's a point where, you know, the main thing that she wants for us kids is that we reflect these um, things that we got brought up in, um, awesome. these godly values, serving others and servant-heartedness and things like that. So, yep. yeah, the life, sorry. The life lived. It's great. Speaking of honour, uh, we would like to honour you guys uh, for being on our panel this morning. I believe we have a small gift. Is that correct? Can they, let's bring those gifts out. Can we give our panellists a round of applause and thank them this morning for... Uh, being vulnerable um, and helping us all out. Who, who knows that in church uh, it's okay to be real? Five people. We want to work on that because vulnerability helps each other, right? Like none of us have it all together, but together we can all make it. And uh, we, we need the wisdom that everybody's learned. Uh, none of us know it all. And I want to thank you guys for uh, opening up this morning, being vulnerable, um, and helping us, helping me learn a little bit about motherhood and the challenges and how to set a healthy win and staying married and, and all of those things. So uh, thank you guys so much. And um, you, can, you, can, you don't have to leave. You can sit there. I'm going to say a couple of things quickly before we close this morning, the service this morning. Uh, the first one I'm going to say is that for all of our mums, uh, we have a gift for you as you leave, not right now, and don't rush, there's enough, okay, you're not allowed to leave church early to get the gift. Um, however, I will say this, <coughs> I will say this, um, if, it's, if you have a dietary requirement, so we have gluten-free and we have, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like dairy-free, I was going to go lactose, but dairy is a much more all-encompassing term, so that's awesome. 
um, dairy-free. If you need either of those, they are uh, out on the table. Please let somebody know if that's you, preferably someone near the gifts table, not just a random neighbor by next to you. That's not going to help, okay? Um, so we have a gift for you. We want to bless you all on Mother's Day. And uh, lastly, before we close the service, I just, I just really want to touch on one announcement because this announcement really close to my heart. And that is the Vision Gala. Uh, we really believe that God is doing a new thing in our church. And it's something that's been prophesied over our church that there's new wine. Vision Gala is the night where we are going to party and celebrate what that is. And we want everybody to know that every single person is invited Unfortunately, we couldn't rent a building big enough for everybody to get in, so please register quickly. There are limited seats, so everybody is invited, but you do need to register for that, okay? That's the only thing I want to say. Look for the invite. It's going to be a great night, and if you can't make it, you're not going to miss out. We are going to do Vision Sunday the next day. It's just that the gala is a super cool party that we're going to all have together about what God is doing in our church. With that being said, um, I'm going to pray for our mums. All right, this morning, if you're a mum here, a grandmother, if you see yourself as a spiritual mum, if you know you're discipling people, like I'd love to pray for all of our kids' leaders right now because they're, they're raising and imparting things into the lives of kids. And um, or maybe you really, really want to be a mum. And I want to pray for you too. So let's bow our heads, church. Father, I want to thank you so much for mums. I uh, thank you for what they impart into our lives. I want to thank you for the way they care for us, the way they love us, the way that they never, ever give up on us. They're always there. Uh, they know things about us that, that we forget, that we don't even know. They keep us organized and on track. And uh, Lord, I want to thank you right now for each and every one of them. I pray today they would know how special they are, how honored they are. I pray that they would know that your hand of blessing and favor is on them. God, I pray that they would know that they don't do any of this journey alone, that you are with them, that you never leave them, you never forsake them. God, I want to lift up single mums right now. God, I thank you that there is strength afresh today in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you are our sufficient supply. Bless every mom this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen.